Good morning, good morning, good morning. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and you are breathing. Today is Sunday, March the 12th, 2023. My name is Stephen Carnegie, and welcome to This Is Just a Thought. Today's word of the day, impunity, which means freedom from punishment, harm, or loss. Impunity. Hey, I hope everyone is having a lovely, lovely Sunday. Man, uh, well, the sun isn't really shining here in North Carolina. Rain, of course. Uh, that's pretty much how our winter has gone here. But we had a little bit of snow flurries early this morning. I even had some sleet mixed in there with that. But, uh, hey, no accumulation. None whatsoever. Uh, pretty to watch as it fell to the ground and soaked in <laughs> no accumulation just fell out the sky and disappeared <laughs> just did just did still was uh good to see uh, I, I, like i told you guys uh previous times we have had a winterless winter and that was our winter a few slow flurries a little bit of sleep or frozen precipitation and it just went away evaporated <laughs> just did just did but man in comparison wow California has been getting hammered the past three or maybe over the past month. Man, when is it going to end? They have gotten snow that they haven't seen in decades. And, and a lot of folks are stranded in their homes. You know, we've heard of people that have ran out of food and medicine. Uh, they've even had some, some rescues where they went to these folks' house and houses and they were dead inside. Man. But California, wow, how odd is that? The, the, the snow totals and just looking at the, the footage, you wouldn't think that would happen in California. Well, it's happening in the mountains, but that part of California still doesn't see snow like this. This is record-breaking. And it's, like I said, it's left a lot of folks out there. So, man, I, I'll take this little rain and snow flurries in comparison. And that same system, it, it's been like two or three systems back-to-back. And it's moving towards the uh, northeast. So they're telling folks up there, get ready to get ready. Stand by. It's a coming. Or it's here already by now. Wow. Just, wow, that is unbelievable, unconscionable. Well, that's the winter we're having. <laughs> it, it just is. It just is. All right. Let's go get it. Now, if, if you um, have followed me in the past on Anchor before I made the jump over here to YouTube, you know that I read a lot. I, re I still read the newspaper. So, uh, hey, it it's nothing out of the ordinary. It may seem a little bit odd to some folks. But yeah, I, I read a lot. And I stumbled upon this article and, and it talked about poverty. Not just poverty, poverty, like you would re regularly, you know, believe or suspect or, or anticipate. But this more or less dealt with um, poverty and low-income families as it relates to social help programs, or what we call uh, these social safety net programs that are out there. You know, the government sponsors these certain um, these certain uh, social programs to help with the development of uh, for education, uh, income, increasing your income, to uh, even some medical needs. But this dealt with how the poverty numbers. They're saying quite possibly, you know, at one point in time, uh, we've all heard how 
the, the government or, or the news media was saying that there was a war on poverty and it looks like the United States is winning. But this article sheds a different light on it. And it, it kind of got me to thinking. It, it really did. What they're saying is that due to COVID and with these uh, safety net programs that poverty has increased once again. Whatever ground that was made, it's lost now. And it could, it's due to COVID. And and if you're saying, if you're trying to draw the, the you know, the, an understanding as to what, what that means is, what they're saying is that due to COVID and all of these government handouts, stimulus checks, uh, extra Medicaid, extra uh, public uh, assistance with food stamps or, or whatever, what have you, all of these programs that were brought about as a result of COVID because, yes, people weren't working and now they're saying there's an increase in the poverty numbers because these uh, programs, a lot of those programs, as we know, hell, Medicaid just uh, ended some help the beginning of March. They now have these programs have now been snatched away and folks are right back where they once were. Now, some say we never even really uh, had a strong hold on fighting poverty. It was there and it's always going to be there. I can kind of agree with that. I, I just can't. But. The gist of it for me was this article, it even went in a, a little deeper and, and explained why they feel as though that poverty's uh, numbers are back up and it's all due to these so safety net, social safety net programs. It went back to London, Lyndon, President Lyndon Johnson and how he started uh, the Great Society program. And it was started, of course, to fight and eliminate poverty and give low-income families a leg up. You know, and, and I mean, hey, we're supposed to give them a leg up and return them to middle class status or, or get them to middle class status. And a lot of people say, hey, that never happened. You know, those social programs from back in the day, you know, the uh, Head Start program, there were some programs that help with uh, increasing one education so they can get, find a better job. And just the, the long list of, of things that were supposed to help. And what they're saying is that that really didn't help. It, it may have just hindered a lot of people. If you say it to yourself, well, how can that be? Well, one thing that came out and, and, and they really horned in on, and I kind of agree with them, was that these social safety net programs that are sponsored by the government, whether it be the federal government or state government, these programs in the long run, the long short, they were just handouts. They just were. And then when the funds ran out, the program was done away with. Yeah. I mean, I got to be honest with you, that's exactly what happened. COVID, you know, hey, those stimulus checks and, and that Medicaid help and then Foods, extra food stamps that has been cut too, and those handouts really don't help. We all know this. Uh, like I always say, hey, fifty years, almost fifty years on this earth, we know that those social uh, <laughs> programs that give you hands handouts don't help. They hinder uh, because there's no incentive to uh, actually go further. There, there just isn't. Now. The article also talks about, you know, like I said, these social programs that were started by uh, President Lyndon Johnson and were continued to be used even to this day. A lot of those programs are still around and they're being used and there have been some more that have came about. But 
what they have discovered is, once again, poverty numbers are back up because they were just handouts. It, it, it was just handouts, temporary handouts that really didn't help because now you're trying to get folks back to work. Slowly but surely, people are going back to work, but they're a little hesitant. I mean, hey, you got free checks. <laughs> you got free stimulus, two or three stimulus checks and, and unemployment even because we all remembered when we were at the hype of COVID and, and unemployment numbers were so uh, high that you know the unemployment checks were coming out left and right and they were trying to cut it back and force people back to work and folks were like, no, I'm not going back to work. Why would I do that? I'll just sit around and get this check until it runs out and then I worry about it, about it then. That's a fact. A lot of folks, hey, that's just the reality of it. So once again, like this article says, once you give someone something, there's really no incentive or drive for them to get up and go get it themselves. It's not. I, I, no lies detected. I couldn't find any lies. Now, those programs that I spoke about, and, and last week the, the governor here in North Carolina gave a state of the state address, and he talked about one of those programs. One of the programs were Head Start, you know, for pre-K. Uh, you had, uh, there, there was another program uh, for Job Corps, the Job Corps. We all know about the Job Corps where it, it, it uh, takes the young men, young wimp, young adults and a lot of teenagers and it you go to Job Corps and you get uh, on the job training for a career or whatever, what have you, of your choice. Or you can go into the military. A lot of folks, folks have gone to Job Corps and went on to the military after that. We all know about Job Corps. Uh, Upward Bound, that was a like a college prep course. And, and it prepared uh, high school kids or some middle school kids for uh, college. And they not just go to college, but to graduate. Now, what they said about those programs is they may have been a failure. Like I said, the governor, governor here in North Carolina gave a state of the state address, and he touched the horn in on uh, the Head Start program, the pre-K pretty much what he was saying was, hey, in order for us to stay uh, ahead of the game, we got to start uh, educating our youth younger if we want them, at, when they get older, to get out into the workforce or career driving, uh, or whatever, what have you, they got to have the tools and it starts with pre-K. I could give you that. Yes, you do. Um, you got to start young with the education. If you want to be uh, able to compete in this vast changing world that we are living in now, the old mantra of working, you know, like I've said before, the old mindset of uh, work hard and, and you'll reap all the benefits, that ain't so no more. You got to do a little bit extra. Because now, in the past, when, when I, what I mean when I say work hard and you receive the benefits, that was physical labor. Now it seems as though we in a society, we've gone towards that mind, that mental. So, Use all your physical might and strength you want to, but you got to be able to think and think quick on your feet and think fast. Technology. So that, that was another part of that uh, state of the state address that he gave where he talked about uh, increasing the input output for technology. He's having a lot of companies that are technology based, you know, green, these green companies, these tech companies. There's a lot of tech startups coming to North Carolina also. So in order for us to compete pretty much, we got to start educating and training early. I can give you that. But what this article dealt, dealt with and talked about as it relates to Head Start, it said that Head Start 
<laughs> and I got to be honest with you because I I'm a product of Head Start. It really didn't do it. <laughs> really didn't uh, educate. It was pretty much one of those social safety net programs where you just went and when the funds were used up, that was the end of it. So that's why now there's a new punch to not only uh, revamp Head Start Head Start program, but also uh, do some more retraining. Hey, even those that are in charge of Head Start, the teachers or whatever, preschool teachers, they have to be retrained also. Technology. And, and if you're saying to yourself, well, how, how does the, all of this tie into poverty? Once again, if you haven't been trained and, and you don't have a clue, how can you go into the workforce and be productive and make money when you have no training? Long gone are the days of, of just brute force. Using your muscle. Got it. I think everyone's going to have to be retrained. But back to this article and, and the poverty debate. Because it did taunt some successes. Some newer successes uh, with some new social safety programs that are working. Um, there's like a job training programs. Uh, that's, once again, uh, for pre-scholars. They are saying those numbers are up. It has so much so. They're saying when these uh, young adults go into these programs, it increases their yearly income by anywhere from 5000 to 8000 per year. And then, you know, there's a, a career ac academies that, that are in, in low-income communities also. Now, these are like, your, your, you know, your college prep courses and also uh, some tech courses where the young adults, once again, they're receiving this training on the job training of sorts. And that's probably why these programs are working. Because unlike before, and the only one I can really think where you actually got that on the job or on the, the spot training was Job Corps. But that may have been limited also. So you had, now you have uh, these job training programs, career academies that are in low-income families, and you have uh, a program called ASAP, uh, which is, once again, a community college program prep for young adults. Uh, it, improves on academics, personal, and financial support. And that's another thing that uh, is going to have to take place. He, the governor here in North Carolina, and it's been talked about for uh, a few years now about offering financial courses in high school. Teach you how to spend. Well, not really spend, but how to save your money and use it widely, wisely. Yeah. <laughs> it probably would have been beneficial for me years ago if, if that was offered. So now you have these programs that are uh, the new social safety programs to combat uh, poverty in low-income communities and, and, and families. These programs now, they're more hands-on as opposed to the old programs where you would sit somewhere and they would say to you, hey, you got to sign this documentation showing that you went here, there, or whatever with these new programs. They aren't just sending you out and having you sign or having that person you go to for a job interview or whatever sign. They're starting to work while you're there. So that, that way, what they're saying is you're more prepared and you could be more productive and you might have a leg up and a, a great shot at it if you know what you're doing, as opposed to just sending you out there, uh, allotting a certain amount of money to be into a so-called program and then when the money runs out that's the end of the program folks are back to square one so that's just the, that's the new way um, I gotta say this seems to be a whole lot better 
than the old way of just dumping money into programs that really didn't work and, and really didn't produce anything but kept that poverty level down or, or raised it up, I should say. It appears to be it, it's happening again. I think um, if I could go back to COVID. Now, we all remember when uh, COVID struck, uh, couldn't go anywhere, the quarantine, uh, businesses shut down, uh, you, you were just stuck like Chuck. When I say business, businesses shut down, folks were pretty much let go. They had no income. So the federal government, once again, and its willingness to help produce stimulus checks, gave, uh, gave more food stamps out. Uh, Medicaid, Medicare, because what they were saying was that they discovered with Medicaid and Medicare, those folks that were unemployed, they didn't have any medical insurance. So heaven forbid, if they got sick or whatever, they, 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 they didn't have any medical insurance. That, that could have been it for them. So they increased the Medicaid and Medicare programs. But now those programs have been cut off. And the poverty numbers are high once again. That's not surprising. You gave money to folks under the guise that once uh, COVID was over, they would go back to work, but that's free money. And then another thing, and I touched on this one time before because there was an article, there was a big stink that, that came out where they were saying, uh, and I, I, sometimes I just don't understand the federal government. They were saying they, they gave, those, gave people, uh, everyone, stimulus checks, and a lot of folks were still working. Yeah, I was still working. Did I or countless other? Did we really need stimulus checks? Those were supposed to be for the ones that were unemployed. They didn't have any income coming in. Did we really need it? And they're saying that now they're discovering, which if you have any common sense whatsoever, you know, good world, that was a bad idea to give stimulus checks to folks that are already working. Because all that did, it, it gave the appearance that the economy was booming, so folks were going out spending, but yet when things opened back up and those stimulus checks didn't come back, folks started pinching pennies. The ones that were working, that got all that money, they started pinching pennies. It shows that the working class are the ones that drive the economy. So when you gave them the stem, we gave out those stimulus checks and folks went on running and buying everything and hoarding all the toilet tissue and paper towels, which I still can't figure that one out. Why the hell were folks hoarding paper towels and toilet tissue? I, I, have, I still haven't gotten a clear answer for that. So when, when things opened back up and folks went back to work and prices were rising up and the, the, the economists and, and, and those in retail were hoping that folks were still spending, got a shock of, of their lives. Folks weren't spending like that. They didn't have all that free extra money. So, and also those that weren't working, they were reluctant to go back to work. And those that quite possibly never worked, that were receiving uh, financial assistance from the, the state or, or whatever, what have you, they couldn't keep up. So here we go. Po poverty numbers are high, once again. And, and I, dare I say, it, it'll probably continue to rise. Um, the best I can tell you as far as poverty poverty goes and with these social safety programs is when, like I said, when it, it, it kind of reminds me of the old saying, um, give a man a fish 
and he'll eat, but teach him to fish, and he'll eat for you. You guys get where I'm going with that. So when you give, give folks some, something, and, and you don't really teach them how to make money, how to spend money, it goes to not, because they're always going to be looking for that great handout. Yeah, it's true. Uh, it's not a political talking point or it's not a, a way to degrade or belittle someone. It's just a fact of life. And that's in any and everything you do, even in your own little uh, family or, or, or whatever, or what have you. When you give that certain family member over and over and over and over again, you continuously give him or her. And, and when, when, when you don't have it to give and you're saying, hey, you got to get it how you get it. They're looking at you like, oh, I don't have a clue. It sounds odd and it may that but that's a reality same thing with these social health programs they really don't help if you're just giving it to people and you're not explaining to them or showing them how to better themselves and their situation so they can be financially stable they can stand on their own too and we've had the problem with this time and time again uh i think there, and there needs to be a new way of doing this uh i know we want to help folks but giving them something ain't helping. It's a handout. And you, as we all know, as adults, when you give somebody something, a handout, they'll turn around and come right back and ask for more. But this is what this article dealt, dealt with when it talked about the poverty level and how it, it has increased with low-income families, those government handouts, excuse me, those social safety program handouts. They failed. Since its implementation, it has failed. It continuously show you, shows you that it's a failure in this program. But now they, they're making some gains. I guess they've learned from the past, which is good. And, and, and I, I honestly and hopefully hope that they, they have learned and they realize that, hey, you can't just have someone sitting wherever and showing documentation that they showed up for a course or showed up for a training and you have them, you're reading to them, you're not actually putting them out there to learn. So yeah, there's been a lot of improvements. Um, I'm not going to say that it, it, it needs to be done away with because here's the thing for me. It's all dependent upon whoever is participating and what they do in the long run. Do they just go for the, uh, the money or the training or are they actually trying to learn and better themselves? It's all about what you do with, when you're in those programs. Yeah, some of those social uh, safety net programs, they help individuals. But collectively, who knows? I mean, everybody doesn't have the mindset that they really and truly want to improve themselves. You know, those programs I mentioned uh, previously that they taunted as, as failures uh, a lot of times there were some programs in there also, once again, that said you had to go here and do this and you get a check. And that's what folks did. They went here, went that, got the check. And then when that program ran out, they were right back where they started. That's a failure. You haven't taught them anything as to stand on their own two feet and continue to grow and improve upon themselves and what they learn. So uh, me personally, I say take the income out of it. And, and tell them, hey, this is how we're going to run it from here on out. Sounds heartless, but the old way certainly wasn't working and certainly hasn't worked. 
because as we all know, <laughs> the, the a lot of folks, a lot of folks that went through those old programs, uh, they didn't do nothing. Then there were some folks that went through those programs and they build, they have uh, 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 build upon what they learn and what they experience. Now, one of the programs that I mentioned was uh, Upward Bound, which was was a college prep course uh, for for kids in 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 high school in, in hopes of getting them prepared for college and graduation. They said those numbers, that program really didn't work. But I know some folks that went through there and they've they've become extremely successful. So it's about you and your individual the individual person. Uh, yeah, you're going to have some folks that go through these programs. They're going to use it and 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 do what they, they're supposed to do and stand on their own too and, and move forward. And then you're going to have some folks that go through these programs that are just going to stand still for the rest of their lives. So it's all about the individual and what they choose to do. But it does look like it. It does appear that the poverty numbers are down are, are high again. I'm sorry. They're, they've risen again. So it, did we ever really truthfully win or were, try, were we making headway in that fight to end poverty. I don't think you can actually end it. It's about the individual person and what they do. I don't think the government can just give folks money and expect there to be a, a, a high level of production. Well, you had them trained them, just giving them money. Like I said, you had them sitting somewhere. They had to document that they had went here. The instructor or the, whoever the head of the program was documented that they was there. And then when the funds ran out, that was it. Haven't trained them. Haven't taught them anything. Just gave them a check. Yeah, a lot of those old programs, it was uh, in order for you to continue to get a check, you had to go sit in there and do the course and the training. Didn't open anyone, anything up for them. They were still dependent upon that check. And that's what has happened once again. So uh, those programs that uh, Lyndon Johnson started and all the other presidents, or, uh, Congress and Senate thereafter that continued on with these programs and created more programs, uh, they're saying those programs were a failure. And they're having some luck or, or limited success with the new programs that they have because they're saying they're seeing people that are going back to work that are increasing their income per year. They are, the, the college prep courses that start in junior and high school, they're seeing that the, those kids are not only going on to college, but are actually graduating, and that's uh, up by 11%. So it appears to be working when you really don't give a check, but make it clear and understand that if you want to do better with yourself, here are the programs, here are the tools you need and you may even have to continue and follow up with folks to see how they're doing to give them that extra push and nudge. So yeah, the old way of just giving out money, I think it needs to be done away. It doesn't help. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. It, it just it, it just continuously um, keeps folks in a rut. Just does. Just does. All right. Well, I'm going to go on and get out of here. But before I go, man, uh, I haven't been up here for a while. But before I go, two things I wanted to talk to you guys about. Oh, man. Um, the other uh, sometime last week, I was sitting around the house bored and I happened upon this Netflix special on Alex Murdoch. Now, Murdoch. Now, we all know him. He's the, the, the disgrace uh, high profile attorney down in South Carolina where uh, he just got convicted for killing his wife and his son. 
We all know that guy. So I watched the Netflix special. And, and, and I watched it before the actual verdict came out of guilty and they gave him life in prison. He's appealing, by the way, because his thing is he's saying he didn't do it. It was it had to be one or two shooters because they found they were shot by shot with two different guns. Mm, buddy, I think that was you. <laughs> but the gist of it, after I watched that documentary, and I'm sitting there, and I'm and they're going through, you know, honestly, every single member of that family was in some sort of murder where they were the catalyst. They, they weren't just implemented. They were actually a contributing factor. The mother, the father, the two sons. And, and I'm sitting there watching it, and after it goes off, I'm looking like, this is a family full of murderers. They just were. Uh, the mother, it's alleged, well, not alleged, uh, that she may have killed the uh, housekeeper but she says the house, you know, before the, she passed or was murdered, she said the housekeeper tripped on the family dogs and she fell down the stairs outside and hit her head. And, and she later passed. That was one, the mother. Uh, there's an older son that, uh, wow, he, he's been implemented or it's been insinuated that he could have killed a fellow classmate. Who was gay? They may have. The, the documentary didn't say it, but there were certain people they interviewed that were that hinted at it that uh, that older son may have been involved with that young man he killed. High-profile father, uh, a lot of money, uh, prestigious positions. Can't let that get out. Not in the South. And then, the, and, and then there was uh, the son that was killed uh, about a year before this unfortunate incident with him and his mother. He was in a boating accident where he uh, killed a young lady. He was drunk, driving a boat. It's, uh, man, family full of murderers. And now there's something coming out about uh, Alex Murdoch, his, Murdoch himself. He's been implemented in a murder also. Even before this. Looks like. So that's why I say, man, they were they, they're a family full of murderers. And they are. Or they were. The only one left is, is of course, the father and the older brother. And the older brother was there with his father in court. Of course, for support. But man, what in the world what kind of family is this? <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing, but man, it was just crazy. And, and when I, I watched the documentary, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, don't get caught up. Don't get caught up in the, in, in the stories and the innuendos and the implications. Uh, find the facts, dig out the facts. But man, <laughs> the facts are... We're a family full of murderers. I guess when you have that much money and power and prestige and you're in a little small community, a country town, you can do whatever you want, it appears. Because like I said, the father was a high-profile lawyer. They own a vast majority of land in that county. 
and they were representing some of the, you know, some folks, and they, they, hey, they all, wow, just crazy. That was just crazy to me. But we'll see what happened with old uh, uh, Alex Murdoch. Because, like I said, he's appealing. He's saying, hey, I'm not the killer. You guys got it wrong. I'm innocent. Mm. Boy, I think they finally caught up with you. I think they finally caught up with you and your family. Uh, it's sad that the mother and the son were killed and the way they were killed. I'm sure by now we all uh, have heard or, or maybe even saw this documentary that I did and understand when I say at least from this standpoint dealing with him he's a murderer because he told the police that he wasn't there that he had left and went to go visit uh, his mother and father who were in nursing homes but yet a video appeared a, a video audio appeared where he was heard there he lied he was there That's just where that goes. And uh, let's move along here. Man, one more, one last thing before I go, before I skedaddle. Wow. Uh, <laughs> the idiocy of some folks, I'm sure I'll never understand or comprehend. John Moran, what in the world? Um, he <laughs> was at a strip club. That's one. He was at a strip club, pulls out his cell phone, Hits the record button and starts record making a video. That's two. And in the video, he can be seen flashing a gun. That's three. Well, this younger generation and, and their uh, rush to record any and everything they do blows my mind. Uh, maybe I am an old fogey. But if I was out doing some nonsense, the last thing I'm going to do is pull this damn phone out of my pocket and hit that record button. I don't even want you taking pictures. What in the world would possess you to sit there and pull that damn phone out and make that video with that gun? Uh, a lot of folks, of course, came to his side and said, oh, it was a mistake. It was a mistake. He made the wrong choice, made the wrong decision. Yeah, he did. But it won't no mistake. That was a decision. He decided to do that. No one forced him. He didn't trip over something and, and accidentally hit the record button. He pulled that damn phone out and made that video. Uh, I'm not sure how, why. If, if you're worth millions, and I mean millions, and you are uh, well known, why you would pull that phone out and make that video and then pull that and have that gun on you also. I, I never understood why folks, these younger generation, why they do that, why they, they're so uh, quick to pull the phone out and record any and every aspect of their life. Whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter. Uh, he hasn't faced any charges. It doesn't look like he's going to face any charges, but he, it may be spiraling or starting to spiral. He has another, uh, another case has came up, a question has come up. Apparently, at some pickup game somewhere back here, whenever, he pulled a gun out on a kid. Got into an argument with a young man and pulled a gun out at a pickup game. These aren't mistakes. These are piss poor decisions and choices. Uh, and he said he's going to, you know, he was suspended for two games. And, and I think he's, well, he's back playing now. He was suspended for two games and he said he's going to take this time take that time and, and continue to uh, work on himself and his mental. So I guess he's saying he's mentally stressed out and he's not making good decisions. Um, 
A lot of us are stressed out. I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out every day. I, 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 I'm, every day I get up 10 toes down, I'm stressed. But I ain't doing no foolishness like this. This is all about you as an individual person and your decision making. Uh, like I said, you're worth millions. Millions. And you pulled the gun out on live video in a strip club. And now you're saying, uh, I made a mistake. You didn't make a mistake. You made a bad choice. You made a bad decision there, homie. Uh, you just did. Just did. Just did. All right, I'm going to get out of here because uh, that's enough of that. But uh, like I said, it certainly is uh, a lot going on around us now. We know that the poverty numbers due to COVID. COVID, is <laughs> COVID spurred a lot. It, it, it showed, like I've said before, and it poked holes and exposed our weaknesses with our infrastructure and, and how we uh, do things, how we help folks and how these social safety programs aren't really helping. And it's now we know. Uh, I don't like I said, I don't think we actually had ever gained a hold on poverty because to say that you're made way or you chipped away at poverty and folks are being productive. Uh, and I and other people that, that have been looking and living are saying, no, that was never the case because uh, there are many aspects to poverty. But one thing about poverty or being low, being in a low income community or family or, or, or whatever, or what have you, it is dependent and incumbent upon you getting up and getting moving. So when you give folks money continuously or you send them through these uh, whitewash programs, where they, all they have to do is show documentation that they did this, that, or whatever, or the third, it ain't really happening. And it's now being shown. COVID exposed that, <laughs> like so many other things. Just did, just did. All right, that's all for me today, and I want to thank you all for lending me your ears this morning. Continue to like, support, share, offer feedback. Now, if you're on Anchor, it has a great feature where you can leave a voice response, and I would love to hear your voice. And if by chance you're on YouTube, get in that comment box and let me know what you think. Hey, does these social safety programs really help? Or am I just talking out my, you know what? I don't think they do. Uh, so Katina, listen, listen and follow on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio, Public, Verbal, and WordPress. And if you're on YouTube, hit that like and subscribe button. Share it wherever you want to. Let folks know about this podcast. And as always, thank you for listening. My name is Stephen Carnegie. For this is Just a Thought. Amen.